Hello, everyone. I'm Len Vermillion, Editor-in-Chief of Control Magazine and ControlGlobal.com. Welcome to another edition of the Control Amplified podcast. Joining us for this episode is Chris Smith, Director of Structure Power and Process in the Industrial Automation Business at Snyder Electric. Chris, first of all, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, Lynn. So we both just attended a great uh, user event at Schneider held in Foxborough at the office there, um, where we heard about a lot of wonderful technology updates for process control I know you presented. Uh, now we're going to take this time to dive into power systems and for the plant level process control, as well as creating efficient and sustainable systems. So that's where we'll go. And let's start this conversation off with a bit of background. Now in the plant, medium voltage power systems have often been used in the past, particularly for supply of large motors. But how have these networks and their information systems changed over say the last 10 years? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head. The, the, key, the, the key point there Lynn, is network. Uh, I think in the past, uh, there were very often medium voltage systems which were not digitized and, and therefore not networked. But the latest technologies for medium voltage control are all based on the new IEC 61850 which is highly networked with very high power, very fast uh, Ethernet networks. This eliminates a significant hard wiring which previously had been connecting all of the different relays and motors together. So by moving to a network, you simplify the overall configuration of the substation. So that, that's happened probably over the past, uh, say, 20 years. Actually, importantly, quite useful now is the fact that we've got all this additional information available from the intelligent uh, relays at the station level. And having all that extra information, we can now integrate that directly to the process control system where business decisions are made. So this just enables a much better situational awareness and business decision making, you know, uh, given the fact that it's now networked. So now when it comes to operators, what plant interaction do they generally have with electric power systems other than obviously connectivity with a motor? Well, I think, I think you could say that's, uh, that uh, traditionally the only connectivity really was with either motors or generators. Um, if we leave aside generation for the moment, because we can come back to that topic, the classic uh, control for Odysseus is a hardwired control, start-stop status with a few interlocks uh, going direct to all the motors. So load control has always been the province of the, uh, of the operator on the, what they call the integrated control system, or DCS. Wouldn't it be great if that is now, uh, particularly for medium voltage, is all, instead of being hardwired, is just softwired by the, uh, by the network direct into the DCS. So that, uh, that is starting to become important. It gives a degree of business flexibility. Information can be derived or exchanged or modified depending on the, the changing business conditions that we've got. And those business conditions are, are very much dominated in the, probably in the next few years by the, the impetus to uh, improve uh, the electric power management for climate change and for green initiatives such as green hydrogen, green diesel, 
uh, biofuels, many of these are having an impact on the plant, either part of the plant or a co-generation or a heat exchange or a heat recovery problem. And it's those problems that are having a direct influence on the way that we should uh, integrate with electric power systems. Over and above what we used to do, which was just connect with the load, as you say. Now, what about fully integrated electrical controls? How are they becoming or have become part of the new landscape of power and process control systems? Well, I think uh, if we take a look at a power control system, the you could say that a plant has an internal grid or an inter internal power distribution network, which to a large extent in the past was either deemed to be a secondary status system or a secondary energy management system with not a lot of connectivity to the DCS. We probably are now seeing where that integration has got to be a lot tighter because we're exchanging a lot more controls at the micro generation level or the internal plant power exchange level. And that is having an impact on exactly how we operate the plant. I mean, instead of being infinitely available, power is now much more rationed and it needs to be calculated. It needs to be accumulated. It needs to be managed in terms of whether it's green power or not green power and so on. So it's that information exchange once again for it's really pushing the boundaries of what we used to do for control. And now the modulation and changes in the electric power constraints will impact the actual process set points much more than they did in the past. Another, another uh, not so well-known impact is the electrification of the plant. So uh, with the green energy initiatives and with carbon zero, much of the uh, heating, uh, the heating of the different parts of the process is now transitioning out of fossil fuel powered or carbon powered, let's say carbon powered. It's transitioning out of carbon powered to direct electric power. This means that you can now use green energy externally provided or internally provided, but let's say externally provided. You can use that green energy to heat the process rather than burning fuel. And that, that gives you a much better carbon uh, carbon neutral stance, you know, from your plant point of view. Um, that electrification of the process then requires some aspects of the process to be controlled using power control instead of uh, valve control or instead of uh, speed control. So you now have this kind of combination of speed, valve position and power control all being mixed together in the control of the plant. Well, let me that's, ask probably you. Bit, that's probably the biggest change that's going to happen in the next few years. So then let me ask you, and I'll ask this in two parts, so just how fast are load shedding control sequences? And then how have they changed now that IEC 61850 has matured as an information system? Yeah, it's funny. It's an, it's an interesting question. One would think that electric power, electrically connected or hardwired systems would be the fastest possible system for a load shedding. But at this point in time, we're actually having almost record-breaking load shedding sequences down around 29 milliseconds, which is actually faster than what you can do with a, set, a series of relays. So uh, what we're finding is that uh, the 
61850 Goose messaging system is certainly fast enough now to do very high speed load shedding. Uh, and this is now down around the 29 millisecond mark. Where do you need such fast, ultra fast load shedding is, is a matter of debate. A lot of uh, systems, particularly when they're very uh, electro intensive or power intensive, if you have like large motors compared to small generators, and you may be islanded from a grid, uh, then your load shedding needs to be very fast in order to preserve the network. That typically has happened in upstream oil and gas on offshore platforms and LNG plants. Uh, however, for some other systems where you have a significant availability of generation, the load shedding possibly doesn't need to be that fast and we can have more basic load shedding schemes put in place. But uh, the 61850 has certainly enabled uh, significant development in the, the load shedding, the complexity of load shedding and the implementation of schemes to, uh, to shed the load. Uh, an interesting aspect of that is having shed the load, how do you recover the plant? What's the best way to get the plant back on its feet? And uh, so we've been implemented in our controller a particular arrangement that enables an operator to confidently restart motors, but only enable that restart to happen when the, there's sufficient power available on the grid. So he can, he can restart the plant in a confident way or restore the plant in a confident way. And maybe in the future, there'll be some artificial intelligence that figures out how to restart the whole plant automatically, but we're not at that point yet. So then, Chris, now that we know the challenges, we've talked about the evolution of power systems, what is the latest automation intelligence associated with plant restoration following a load shedding event? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I've polled I've a number of customers and I've polled a number of uh, technology providers here. And uh, essentially, people are very keen to say how fast and how fantastic their automated load shedding system is. But load restoration, that's a whole other ballgame. And I think the, the market, or at least the operational market, hasn't really, hasn't really taken to the idea of restoring plants automatically at this stage. There are probably too many different possibilities or things that might go wrong. Or let's face it, if the, if the plant shed load rapidly, you have to do a bit of fault finding and it, you may have to do workarounds and so an automated sequence may be difficult. So at this stage, we allow for manual restoration and automated load shedding, the load shedding system. Well, that's great information, Chris. I think we learned a lot. Um, I would look forward to talking to you more at some point in the future, but thank you for being here today. Well, thanks very much, Len. It was a pleasure to talk to you and talk over some of these interesting, you know, aspects of uh, the way we're going to be doing control in the future. It's everybody wants to know. Well, thanks again, Chris. Okay. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you.